Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Tuesday, July the 31st edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we have a special guest joining us on the first day off from training camp to talk about training camp. Antoine Staley will be with us here in just a minute to discuss the atmosphere at Dolphins camp, the impact of the rookies, offensive line and defensive line play, and of course, Ryan Tannehill. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you guys to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review once you are there. Give me a follow on Twitter, at NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. You guys do stuff like that. We'll do cool stuff like giving away preseason tickets and much more in the season. And of course, LockedOnDolphins.com, the number one blog in the LockedOn Network, our daily blog for you guys with training camp news, articles, film review, everything on the football team up on LockedOnDolphins.com. And last but not least, the other LockedOn Sports family of podcasts like the LockedOn Heat podcast and LockedOn NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Let's not waste any more time and bring on our guests for today's show. That's another Miami Dolphins. And we are joined now by a man covering the beat for the Miami Dolphins. He writes the Dolphins Wire for USA Today. He also covers the Miami Hurricanes for Athlon Sports. I am thrilled to welcome back to the podcast Antoine Staley. Antoine, what's been up, man? Hey, how you doing, Trey? Just uh, just beating this South Florida heat. Uh, just trying to stay uh, trying to trying to stay cool. I don't know how you guys do it. I was down in, in uh, Los Angeles slash Anaheim for a Disneyland trip last week, and it was about 95 there all day. And just standing in the sun was brutal. I mean, waiting in line for the rides and stuff. But you guys are actually moving around and hustling and bustling and getting to work, and I just can't imagine how you guys do that. Uh, it's not. Well, I lived in L.A. for a little bit, so that heat is definitely a little different than the South Florida heat. It's not as humid. Uh, but I, I'm a southerner, so I'm just used to the humidity. So I guess me being – from North Carolina and being living in Georgia for a little bit and now here in Florida, I'm just kind of used to it. Yeah, that, that uh, humidity is a lot different, and I, I, I feel that one. I've never been part of that before. I've never been in the south, the southern heat, but, yeah, they had that heat wave out in Southern California, and that was pretty brutal, but nothing compared to what you guys are going through. So you're five days into the grind. Just some early thoughts on, on what you see at camp, kind of how, what the atmosphere is like down in practice right now. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, yesterday was a little chippy, uh, especially you put the pads on. Uh, people were definitely, uh, it was a lot of animated, a lot of energy there as far as in the bubble. It always is, to be honest with you. But, yeah, uh, I, I thought I thought the uh, defense, has, defense has really been playing particularly well, in particular the defensive line. Uh, I thought, uh, I think Robert Quinn has had a good effect on that team. Uh, it's really giving that team some energy. Uh, coach Chris also, uh, new defensive line coach, has also uh, done a good job uh, just bringing in, injecting the new energy in there. So you definitely see a new change with the defensive line. How that plays out on paper, I don't like the defensive line was taking a corner last year too, and then they only put up 30 sacks. So it's kind of hard to, that's one of those things, it's kind of hard to gauge it when it's training camp. But right now, at least the defense to me is having the better hand. And, the offensive line has kind of struggled at times. Uh, Tannehill's look good. I know that's the question everybody wants to uh, know the, 
no. Uh, he, he's only throwing one interception, uh, which was on Sunday. But, yeah, he's really, really looked good. So I think that he's showing a, really, a lot of encouraging signs there if you're a Dolphins fan. And I do want to talk to you more about the quarterback and the offensive line play later in the show. And it is a bit of a given that the offensive line will struggle without the pads on because they really don't have something to anchor when they put their hands out there for the defensive line without shoulder pads on. So I guess that's a given in a way. But I had a tweet from a um, just a random Twitter follower on Twitter, and his name is Holden Hash. And he said he said to me, I was going to read this tweet for you here real quick. My family and I just got back from... My family and I just got back from training camp yesterday. We were there for the previous four days. We have been there for five of the last six years down there. And there's definitely something different this year, something special in the air. And I just was curious to get your take on that in terms of what the, I guess, the mood or the general feeling is. Because sometimes these guys go to camp. You talk, you listen to these Patriots players talk, and it's a job. It's like going almost you know, away to prison for six months because they're just so monitored and what they do is there a good feeling around camp that might be different than you've experienced in the past or just kind of put your feelings about 2018 compared to previous years with Dolphins training camp uh I mean it, it definitely feels uh it, it feels different because uh you got Tannehill really coming back from that injury and I think the team is kind of rallying around him hoping that he can have this really productive season so I think you're definitely seeing that to be honest with you. So I think that's that's kind of what – that's really the whole theme of this whole year has been about just Tannehill, uh, his return. And I think that's given the whole team this new energy and also getting players in there like a Danny Abdullah, like a Frank Gore uh, on your football team, Albert Wilson, who is somebody that's personal that you can use in a lot of different – multi-different uh, ways, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about that as well. So, yeah, I, I think – I, I'm not saying this team feels like a Super Bowl winning team or anything like that, but no. <laughs> I will say that it definitely feels like it's some it's a new energy in there, and a very good energy, especially after what they went through last year. And a lot of teams can feed off of that, so it's good to hear because, I mean, the the line between 7-9 and nine and 9-7 nine and seven is so thin in this league that oftentimes that little extra push can be the difference there. So that's good to hear. We're going to get into some into some more of the areas that I haven't really talked about on the podcast a lot. Next with Antoine here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. He is at Antoine Staley on Twitter. I am at Wingfield NFL, and the show is at Lockdown Fins. But first, a quick word from our friends over at Nordic Trek. Sometimes the hardest part about getting into shape is simply finding time to get to the gym, and with Nordic Track, you don't have to do that anymore. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength trainers. You can enjoy high energy streamed workouts any time of day without stepping out your own front door. Join stream workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. You can start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end it with cross training on the shores of Thailand. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. And for a limited time only, we have a special offer for Locked On listeners to get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, visit N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com slash locked on and use offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your Nordic Track purchase. And we're back here for segment number two with Antoine Staley of USA Today for the Dolphins Wire. And Antoine, I wanted to talk to you about these two rookies the Dolphins brought in in the first two picks of the draft because we've heard that Minka Fitzpatrick has been everything that he was advertised to be, and it appears as though the Dolphins may be sort of hiding their excitement over Mike Gesicki. What can you tell us about the Dolphins' first two draft picks in 2018? 
Well, um, I'll start out with uh, Mike Gusecki, who's really starting to come on, at least the last few days. Uh, at first, I mean, they, he was practicing. He, he wasn't practicing with the first team until uh, they suffered an AJ Derby suffered an injury a couple of days ago, and then they inserted Mike Gusecki in that starting lineup, and uh, he hasn't really looked back since. He's made some athletic catches, uh, whether it be in one-on-one drills or or 11-11. So he's really did a good job, and I know Tannehill yesterday complimented Gusecki on his catch radius, meaning that he, he can go to get the ball kind of at his highest point, and no ball is kind of out of the range of him, especially him with his height at six foot six. So I think he's starting to come along there. He, he obviously needs to work on uh, still blocking techniques, but uh, I think that's going to come. I just, I just think that the Dolphins want to make sure they have another weapon on the football field this upcoming year, and I think Kaseki's going to be able to do that. As far as Fitzpatrick, um, still, you know, they, they're starting out. T, they're starting T.J. McDonald and Rashad Jones at, uh, at the starting safeties. Uh, they have had Fitzpatrick in the uh, inserted for a little bit. I mean, he's not really doing a whole lot, uh, at least right right now. I know yesterday was the first day with pass, but uh, I, I think yes, uh, yesterday is really the first day. Uh, he he really got. You really saw him animated. He got into a fight with uh, a little bit of a scrimmage, I guess you could say, with uh, Jakeem Grant. But yeah, he's starting out slow. Um, probably not what Dolphin fans want to hear, but at the same time, I, I think he's going to be fine uh, when it's all said done. Yeah, that's good to hear. And speaking about Mike Kosecki and kind of what he can do on the offense, it seems like he might be a guy that you can almost replace if Devontae, you can replace Devontae Parker with if Parker doesn't ever pick things up or get to the level we all believe he can be. So how do you sort out this wide receiver room? Because it feels like you have Amendola, who clearly is the number one target right now in terms of who Tannehill looks to first. And then you have Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, two guys that can kind of do a little bit of everything. Kenny Stills is clearly the top guy in terms of, you know, previous production with this team. And then Parker's there with guys like Isaiah Ford, Leonte Carew, and, and the like of them trying to make a push for the roster. How do you sort this room out? How are they going to find reps for all these guys? You just, they, they're not really, they don't really believe in having a number one receiver. I mean, of course, a lot of teams have them with, A.J. Green and Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. But the Dolphins don't necessarily have that guy that you can say, well, yeah, this is definitely the number one receiver. I, I guess, you know, by default, yeah, like you said, you have Kenny Stills, who's never really been that guy. But if you look at his prior production, he will be that guy. I think he's going to have a, a better year than some people might think. I, I'm not saying he's going to catch 100 balls, but I definitely think that he, his production is going to go up. And I think he might, he might have his first 1,000-yard season. Uh, something that I'm sure he would be excited about. As far as in terms of uh, the other guys, uh, I, I wrote a piece this morning just talking about uh, Albert Wilson and how Adam Gates was asked by Armando Salaguero at the Miami Herald that he, he was asked, was he going to play the slot? And Gates said, no, he's an outside receiver. Uh, it doesn't mean that Wilson can't play the slot, but that's not where they're going to just, they're not going to pigeonhole him there. And I think it says a lot about uh, the progress or lack thereof of Devontae Parker. I just think that last year they were they were like, okay, this is going to be the year where Devontae Parker can come on. But I think now, and I've sensed this, I sensed this in this uh, throughout the spring pro- program as well with the offseason program. I just think that they've gotten to the point where, yeah, they want they wanted Devontae Parker to break out, but they're not counting on him to do so. So that's why you sign an Albert Wilson, and they also don't know if Devontae Parker is going to be here long term anyway. Because this is the last year, it will possibly be the last year of his contract. They do have, uh, they did pick up his option, but they could always rescind that. So I think if, if Albert Wilson outplays Devontae Parker throughout the uh, 
preseason leading up to uh, the first regular season game, it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Wilson were to get more snaps there that uh, outside receiver position. Yeah, not in the least bit, especially when you consider the fact that, like you mentioned, they have A.J. Derby there, Mike Asicki, Marquise Gray. They seem like they have the personnel to be able to run uh, 12 personnel, two tight ends on the field, and that leaves only two receivers, which means you can do, you know, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, Danny Amendola, Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker can almost take a back seat and not really get a whole lot of reps. So there's been a lot of changes made there. They've protected themselves against, you know, injury or lack of living up to expectations. And they've done the same thing on the offensive line as well as the defensive line. And I wanted to get your impression on both of those groups because pads went on yesterday and they'll crank it back up tomorrow with full pads, I do believe. But what are your early impressions of guys in the trenches? We haven't talked at all in the podcast here about Jordan Phillips or Devon Godshaw or you mentioned Robert Quinn and Cam Wake. We know what those guys can do. How is Charles Harris doing? What is Josh Sitton and Dan Kilgore looking like on the inside? Just kind of give us your thoughts on the play in the trenches. Well, uh, I know we spoke with Cameron Wake yesterday. He ended up saying that Charles Harris, has, he thinks he's the most improved Dolphin out of everybody. And that's a big statement. Uh, Harris has came in. He, he, I thought he played his best football of the year uh, at the end of last year, particularly in the Kansas City game where I mean, he ended up having a sack, but he ended up generating a lot of pressures on Alex Smith, which is not an easy thing to do, especially considering how mobile Alex Smith is. Uh, but, yeah, I think throughout camp, uh, Harris, along with uh, Robert Quinn, Cameron, Cameron Wake, has also been able to get pressure on whoever the quarterback is in the backfield. And I think that's a great sign for uh, Dolphins fans, especially considering they, they can have a lot – they have a lot of depth at that defensive end position. And you can never have too many uh, great pass rushers. Uh, just ask the Giants doing some of their Super Bowl roles, especially against the Patriots. Uh, they ended up having multiple guys that were able to rush the passer and that played off dividends. So, yeah, I understand that Charles Harris was a first-round pick, and a lot of people felt like he was not productive last year. But the Dolphins thought he did a good job, and they think he's going to elevate his game even further this year. Uh, as far as the offensive line, uh, sitting, uh, yeah, he's been he's been good. I know he got a veteran's day off yesterday, but uh, like I said, the offensive line as a whole has really been struggled. Kilgore has kind of been – uh, okay, uh, not necessarily uh, nothing, nothing great, but nothing uh, bad there at the same time. It's kind of uh, kind of average, I guess you could say. But this sitting has really made an impact on that deep, uh, offensive line. Uh, I just think that, and Larry, and Larry Tussle in particular uh, on the offensive line is going to have to uh, improve his play, uh, which I think the Dolphin, Dolphin fans and a lot of people expect him to this upcoming year because it's a very critical year, uh, considering this will be his second year at left tackle. And we saved the best for last. We'll talk about the quarterback and the coach and a comment from Cameron Wake about Ryan Tannehill that's sure to get all you guys fired up. We'll do that on the other side of the podcast, the Locked On Dolphins podcast. He is at Antoine Staley. I am at Wingfield NFL, and the show is at Locked On Fins. And like we talked about, we saved the best for last, talking about the quarterback and the coach, the two positions everybody wants to talk about, Antoine. And I have a quote here from Cameron Wake in a piece, I believe it was yesterday on MiamiDolphins.com, talking about what Ryan Tannehill did this offseason and getting himself back into the fold. And Wake said, quote, if you look at him today and the way he is approaching the game, obviously he did what he was supposed to do. So anytime you get praise from Cameron Wake and what he does off the field and training and getting yourself back into shape, that's a good thing. So, And then we also had a tweet from Jeff Darlington talking about Ryan Tannehill, and I shared that tweet from uh, from a fan earlier. So is there really something brewing here with Ryan Tannehill where he's taking these strides forward? I know it's a big upgrade over Jay Cutler. We all know that. But what's different about Ryan Tannehill? Why is everyone kind of falling in his like in his court now where it seems like in the past people were always against him? 
I think he's taken more steps as a leader. Uh, I think he also feels very comfortable with the offense and just feels comfortable with himself. Uh, I've been covering – I covered Tannehill since I've been covering change, which was in 2013. And, yeah, I, I, there were times where Tannehill wasn't necessarily sure about himself. And whether that had something to do with him, whether it had something to do with Joe Philbin at the time, uh, probably a combination of both, uh, I would say. But uh, the fact of the matter is Adam Gates has the utmost confidence in Tannehill. Tannehill knows that. The rest of the team sees that. And they also see the improvement Tannehill has made. So I think that's really the big thing. That's the big reason why you're seeing the team really rally behind him. And they feel like he can. He, some of his best football is ahead of him, despite the fact that he just turned 30 years old. And that quarterback and coach relationship is one of the most important relationships in all of sports. And you talked about Adam Gaze having a, com- a level of comfort there, Ryan Tannehill having a level of comfort in his offense. And we've heard that, you know, reasons that Adam Gaze took the job in Miami was because he had an established veteran quarterback. Is all of the stuff we've heard from Adam Gaze regarding Ryan Tannehill, because it's all been positive, is that all, would you say that's genuine or is there a little bit of smoke there? Is that kind of coaches speak? What would you say is that relationship between the quarterback and the coach? No, they have, a, they have a great relationship, uh, for far as I understand. Uh, even when Tannehill got hurt last year and Jay Cutler came in, it, they still was they still communicated regularly. Uh, Tannehill still helped out with the game plan as much as possible uh, with Jay Cutler. They they were all it was really Cutler, uh, Tannehill, and Gates really all interacting with one another. Uh, so yeah, Tannehill. Yeah, still was all part of the team last year, a big part of the team, uh, to be honest with you, on the sidelines, traveling for road games. And, yeah, he he loves Adam Gates, and Adam Gates really loves him and glad that he's a quarterback. So it's not really coaches speak. You can kind of tell what coaches speak is, but, yeah, he they definitely have a really good relationship. And the last thing I have for you here, Antoine, is we, we've seen Adam Gates out there chest-bumping guys, lining up across from receivers and trying to play defense, and I'm sure that doesn't go very well for him playing against professional wide receivers. But do you get a sense that he is maybe, I don't know, happier or just a little bit more energetic this year talking to you guys in the media and at practice? No, that's just how he always been. He's just always been a guy that uh, players love. Uh, he has like a, a certain energy that – players like about him he's fiery he wants the offense to uh i've seen him go out there and do drills before not necessarily uh wide receiver drills but yeah, he's he's in the past he's barked at uh the defense talking trash to those fans you're not going to score against uh all offense and he, he does certain things to just get guys fired up so that's just that's just his personality it's nothing there's nothing new about it uh I, I definitely think last year did take a toe on him uh personally and kind of humbled him to instead, but he does. He does seem like he does having um, a lot more fun, at least right now, than he did. Well, definitely having a lot more fun than he did at the end of last year. Well, I guess we'll find out how much fun he's having when the actual games start, because he has his roster that he wanted, and we'll just it's going to come down to results, whether the team wins or loses. So again, he is Antoine Staley. You can find him on Twitter at Antoine Staley and covering the Dolphins on USA Today. Antoine, thanks again for spending some of your time on your day off with us. All right, no problem. Anytime. It's always a pleasure to get a chance to talk to Antoine down there at Dolphins Training Camp. Good stuff from him, and we'll have more from him later on in the season, I am sure. But as for today's podcast, that is going to do it for us on the show today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. And keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific rest 
rest of your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.